morning and welcome to our Sunday morning service. It's always a pleasure coming to church and, and to sing and worship God together. And uh, we'll be doing that shortly. And uh, during the worship, it's, uh, it's always good when we can get involved and engaged uh, with the choruses, the songs, try to memorize the words and let it come from the heart. And those of you that are joining us online, same for you, wherever you are, uh, join with us, sing the songs and, and worship God. There is no distance with the Lord. And uh, God is in here today and he's with you wherever you are. And we're glad that you're able to join us. We have been having some real good services over the past couple of years. And the Lord has blessed us with a good lessons and the secret of these lessons is that if we can implement them they will be of such benefit to every one of us regardless of the circumstances and situations that we're faced with the Lord is our help present help in time of trouble and so we appreciate the Lord for all that he's done for us and what he's giving us uh, today we want to remember those that are not well uh, sister Patricia is not well and some of the saints also that uh, they're having some health issues we want to pray that the Lord would reach down by his mercy and grace and, and healing power and touch them and also we want to thank the Lord for all the help that he has given us it's one thing to bring requests before the Lord and it's another thing to thank him for the results that we are getting and he has been merciful and gracious to us isn't he and so we want to thank the Lord today pray that God give us a good Sunday afternoon service so why don't you join with me together and let's ask the Lord to bless our service and remember those that are not well today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that we can call upon your name. Lord, it's so refreshing to talk to you and to feel your presence. We pray, Lord, today that you'll please be with us and bless the service, Lord. Ask your blessing upon our pastor. Anoint him. Oh, God, that his words would be of benefit and great help to everyone that's listening. Father, remember those that are not well. Lord, we pray that you'll reach down your hand of mercy and compassion, forgiveness. Your healing power, Lord, would flow through and touch your people wherever they are. Not only those that are sick, Lord, but those that face difficulties in life and challenges, Lord, and, and difficulties and those that are discouraged and, and, and weak, Lord. We pray for strength and encouragement to every child of God today, we pray. In Jesus' most blessed and holy name, we thank you, Lord. Amen and amen and amen. Praise God.
Christ the Lord, praise the Lord. Bless your blessing. Amen, amen, amen. You'll be seated, please. It's good to be in the house of God again today. And I was telling Sister Chandri on the way to church that when you turn 60 and 65, um, your bones become brittle. And because your bones are brittle, you've got to be careful when you're walking. Uh, you can't afford to fall. Whether you're falling off a ladder or you're falling off, falling off, uh, falling on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. And so as we age, and even those that are not aging, there are things that we must consider. David made a statement, he says, thy words have I hid in my heart that I might be able to preach to other people and show my knowledge. No, the purpose of the Word of God is to change our lives. Uh, I can tell you a lot of theological things today, but the purpose when it's all over is God intends our lives to be changed. I believe the pandemic was a part of God's plan to create an, an existing situation that will bring to the surface in many of our lives, roots of bitterness, traditional spirits that's been sitting there for years. Uh, it depends how we respond to the situations around us. Whether it is negative or positive, how we respond is important. Bottom line is action is important. And so as we move ahead in life, uh, there are some things that we must consider. If we're to serve God effectively, um, our health must be in good shape. Yes, I cannot ignore the fact that at a certain age, your metabolism changes. And so you need to have a certain amount of exercise. You must be having a proper diet. And you must take on a sense of responsibility concerning your health and the future. Um, what can I say? We live in a world where the ungodly are busy doing things. And not everybody is protesting ignorantly uh, for something they can change. But the child of God, they are ungodly people that have a good conscience and the reason why we are still living in a good society is not because of the godly. It is because of the responsible ungodly. Our government, our police department, people in authority, whether it's the sanitary department or something else, they are people that are concerned about the future of the world. You and I coming to church, sitting in church and screaming hallelujah, but going out and messing up the society can't even understand the principle of a simple recycle and why they do it and how it needs to save the planet. Those of us that complain about the uh, 
paper straws that <laughs> restaurants are giving us that is not the same like the plastic one. We must understand that there is an element out there that has a sense of responsibility that wants to save the planet. You and I that plan to rule and reign with Christ, ain't gonna, we are not going to reign over anything if in this world we fail to take on the responsibility that we should as children of God. No ungodly person outside of the church should be more concerned about the future of our planet than you and I that are in church should be concerned about. And so health, health, everybody say that word. Health is important. Uh, what we eat is important. Our weight control is important. I told Annie today, I said, you look fine. Uh, she stood in my office and she was there. I said, you look well, keep it that way. And it was a pleasant thing to hear her tell me that she wants to take off some more weight. I'm not going to say how much, but she wants to keep trim because you know what? It'll be sad if I'm in church calling on God, shouting Jesus name, and I die of clogged arteries because I was not responsible enough to take my health serious. And so, uh, there are so many things that I want to consider. Order is also important. That's, these are not my messages for this. These are not thoughts, but just things I wanted to share with you. Order is important. And obedience to God is very important. As you sit in this church and listen to me uh, for the past two years going on, uh, I don't know how long, and then going beyond that for the past 42 years, those of you that have been around, you're not here to listen to me and ignore what I say. What I say will mold your future. My example, godly example, should, should influence you to follow the same example and live right. I am here, Isaiah is not here. I am here, Jeremiah is not here. I am here, even Paul is not here. And when Jesus, he told his disciples, he says, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom. Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And you know, people take things and run away with it. And so uh, I was Pentecostal out there and we say, oh, whatsoever you bind on earth, let's bind the devil. Listen, nobody can bind the devil except Jesus himself when he returns. So don't make yourself silly. Am I, is not my English better now? Instead of saying stupid, I say silly, right? Don't make yourself a comic in society. Don't let people reach into Pentecostal churches and condemn us because we act like a bunch of not so smart people. Let us set an example for those around us in our homes. Start with the home. There's no way you can pervert your children and bring them and expect Brother Singh to work a miracle in one hour when you have them seven days a week and you're perverting them and allowing them to live contrary to the principle of God. 
David said, I'm going to repeat the scripture again. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. And today we are looking at some of these things. When I uh, preach the word of God, obedience is something else. We talk about health, we talk about principles, we talk about responsibility, and we want to say about obedience. You know, God is a very precise God. When he told, uh, he told Adam and Eve, he says, Of all the trees of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't even touch it. He meant that. Mm -hmm. But he knew man in his rebelliousness would touch the tree and destroy himself. When he told Noah to build an ark and he gave him the precise measurements, Noah's ark would have sunk if he used Noah's measurements. When Jesus looked at his, his uh, was, as a matter of fact, when Elisha sent a, a Naaman and he says, dip seven times in the river Jordan. Not a river in Damascus, Jordan. How many times? Seven times. Just like God told Joshua, he says, march around the walls of Jericho one time for seven days. And on the seventh day, march around seven times and then blow the trumpets. Well, if you're engaged in military warfare, that does not seem like it's going to win a war. God's wars are different. And God's uh, commandments are different, and he means that we must obey his commandments. And when Jesus said to, uh, to the disciples, he says, launch out for a draught on the right side of the boat. Peter said, Lord, we toil all night. I'm a fisherman, you're a carpenter. I know about the fish, you know about making chairs. He says, I've toiled all night and their fish is not running tonight. But because you're saying it, I'm going to do it, but I preferred the left side. He would have brought up an empty net. See, God is precise, and, and God is precise. And why are you saying this, Brother Singh? Because I am precise also. I try my best to preach the Word of God like God wants it preached. To the best of my ability, I might miss up here and there. But if I advise you as a child of God to follow a certain line, don't ignore it. Say, ah, that brother's saying, he, he, he can't, no, no, don't ever say that. All right, you can say that and damn your soul. Obedience is better than sacrifices. Obedience is better than sacrifice and to hearken than what? The fat of rams. And so, I'm finished with that aspect of it. We have been looking at some beautiful scriptures recently. And um, Brother John did a good job last night. Yes, sir. Um, he tapped into an area that uh, went a little further on from the, uh, from the spiritual resurrection to a physical resurrection. And Nadine was asking me today, Dad, can we sing about anything like a new birth or anything like that? You mean we've got to stop? No, no, no. The message on Wednesday night that showed that John three, John in John chapter 3, when Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, 
and he says you must be born again that is not a spiritual experience that's the literal resurrection and if you have not listened to that message go back again and check it out yes, scripture supports scripture but there's not only a physical resurrection that we dealt with on Wednesday night. There's a spiritual resurrection. That unless you experience a spiritual resurrection, which is a new birth, you cannot experience John chapter 3. You understand? You cannot experience the literal resurrection unless you, first of all, experience a spiritual resurrection over in Ephesians chapter 2 Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus and uh, there there are scriptures to support every concept that this pulpit uh, you hear from this pulpit and in John uh, in Ephesians chapter 2 Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus and he says there and you had he God quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins. That is not a physical resurrection. That is a spiritual resurrection because we are shapen in iniquity and in sin our mothers conceive us and we were all subject to death. All have sinned and come short of the glory of, uh, glory of God. And so death reigns. Spiritual death and physical death reigns. And when we come into church, we come on in like spiritual zombies. And we are spiritually dead. When Adam sinned, mankind, death came upon all mankind. Death has reigned. Uh, to fool oneself... Mankind has come up with all kinds of fancy stuff to show that death is not real. So we put a casket in the church and someone says, Brother Singh, uh, I believe in the way the Jews operated in the Old Testament. You see, I told someone that I want to be cremated when I'm dead. Just burn me up, put me, scatter it. I don't want anybody to go to the grave. I don't want anybody to have a casket with me here and put flowers and all kinds of worship to the dead. No. I said, burn me up. Someone says, what? You got to do what they did in the Old Testament. I'll tell you what they did in the Old Testament. When you died, the Jews did not even keep you a day. They wrapped you in cotton. Five dollars worth of cotton. They wrap you in cotton, dig a hole. There was no vault. Dig a hole in the dirt and drop you in cover you over that's how they buried today the casket costs the minimum six seven eight thousand dollars the funeral home with all these people dressed in suits make more money the flower shops make money and before you know it a funeral costs twenty thousand dollars the widow of who are the husband left or the family that left is left alive could use that money up so somebody says follow the principle of the Old Testament nobody does the cat bite your tongue 
Nobody follows the Old Testament principle. The church today has caught in a snare in that we all want to do what everybody else is doing in the world. And there's a message I must preach one of these days when it says, love not the world. And let you understand what the world really is because the world today is in the church. And the church is in the world. Uh, there is such a confusion and mixed up and so, when I made a statement like that, somebody says, well, 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 you got to follow the principle. Listen, nobody really follows the principles of the Word of God like it should be followed. Flowers at a funeral is worship to the dead. Where did it come from? If Timi Timothy was a girl, you're not, right? If Timothy was a girl, when he graduate, uh, graduates out of university, I'll give him a nice bunch of roses. But he's a boy. I don't know what he wants when he graduates. But when somebody dead, they didn't graduate. Why are you pampering yourself? I'm going to leave that subject in one second here. Uh, I'm going to, let's, let's be real. Death is real. When you walk up and say they look nice, kid yourself. To me, no matter how you powder it up or make it up, Death is ugly. That's to me. Because when you're dead, the only thing that will bring life again to you is the resurrection from the dead. But to get that resurrection, we're talking about a spiritual resurrection. And Paul mentions this in Romans, the first, uh, second chapter, verse 1, when he says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. And when the Lord quickens you, because we were born spiritually dead, when the Lord quickens us, there is a life that starts up. A newness of life. A new walk. You can call it a new birth if you want. I prefer to say a newness of life. A spiritual resurrection. There is a conception that starts up in your life that will grow and produce a son of God in the future. All right, hold your finger in Ephesians, we're coming back there, but Jesus made a statement here in John, the very fifth chapter of John, and I love church. It's good to see everyone here in church today, those that are here. Um, in John, the fifth chapter, I've got the Gospel of Luke for a moment there. In John, the fifth chapter, Jesus talks about uh, these two aspects of the resurrection. He said here in John chapter 5, oh, it's a beautiful chapter, and I wish I had time to get into all of these areas where he talked about his father, his father, his father, his father. And the, the, the hundreds of times Jesus talked about his father, the Jehovah's Witness would tell you, you can't talk about the father, you got to call him Jehovah. I'll follow Jesus. What do you think? I will follow Jesus. He called him his father. I was thinking the other day, this morning, I was, no, yesterday morning, I'm making coffee, uh, and I'm thinking, my grandsons, all they know me as is grandpa. Wouldn't that be something if JJ come up and he says, sing, I'd like you to do something for me. I'll turn to him and say, what? Desmond, 
I'd like you to do something for me. I tell him, you get under my face until you learn to respect me. He calls me grandpa and that is accepted. When I say father, <coughs> that is accepted. And so Jesus called his father a few times here. And then he went on here to say, he says, verily, verily, verse 24, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, on the father that sent me, hath everlasting life. He says, and he shall not come into condemnation because he's passed from death, from death unto life. When you have everlasting life, well, brother sing because we hear the word. No, no, no. Here, the word hear here uh, in this scripture means to obey God, to believe it. Not hear with the ear, but hear with the heart and implement it in your life. You pass from death unto life when Jesus comes into your life. A spiritual resurrection. And Jesus went on, he says, verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is it was present at the time when he was talking he says the hour is coming and now is when the dead this here is the spiritual dead shall hear the voice of the son of god and they that hear with their understanding and their heart not just ears but with their heart believe in him on him in their heart shall live i'll read that again verse 25 verily verily i say unto you uh, the hour is coming and now is when the spiritual dead shall hear the voice of the son of god this is not future tense he was talking to his disciples and he says at that time the hour is coming and now is the time when you'll hear the voice of the son of god and you will live. That is what Paul meant. When he says. You had he quickened. Who were dead. In trespasses and sin. Sin brings death. The wages of sin is death. We have all sinned. And come short of the glory of God. Follow me. And then Jesus went on. He says. For as the father had life in himself. So had he given to the son. To have life in himself. He had given him authority to execute judgment also. Because he is the son of man. Marvel not. Now here is the other resurrection we are talking about. Marvel not at this. For the hour is coming. That's future tense. When all. When. Uh, it is coming in the which all that are in the graves. That's what Brother John was talking about. Thy dead men shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing ye that dwell in the dust. For thy dew is as the dew of herbs. Beautiful scripture. I like when a preacher has a scripture on his lips. Uh, Paul, um, Malachi made a statement like this. He says, the priest's lips should keep knowledge. And they that seek the law should seek it at his mouth. And this is important. So Jesus said in verse, in verse uh, 29, uh, verse 28, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. 
and they shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life. That's the new birth. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. He says, I can do nothing of myself. Uh, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father that sent me. Then we come back to Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, we're trying to do our best to tap into the message on Wednesday night and give you a wider uh, focus on this resurrection, on this new birth. And so unless you have a spiritual birth, when your baby is born, it might be born in a Christian home. It's born dead in trespasses and sin. No matter you put a white shirt and you make that child grow up in a nice environment, unless the Lord touches that child, it is spiritually dead. If you have never ex experienced Jesus in your life as your Savior, you are spiritually dead. It is important for every one of us to experience this life that I'm telling you about. I was 12 years old when I accepted the Lord in my life and life started. And it did not mean I completely stopped doing wrong things, but I started on a path of righteousness and it kept on increasing. And so Paul says, when the Lord quickens you, <clears throat> he changes your lifestyle. Verse 2, in times past, you walk according to the course of this world, according to the principles of this age and this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, that is the devil, <clears throat> the spirit that worketh in the churn of disobedience. There was the past that your life, your whole life, was a life of disobedience to God. And when you came and accepted Christ in your life, you received a spiritual birth. Not John 3. But you receive a spiritual birth. That if you continue living like this. You can reach to the place where the Lord can give you the physical new birth. The resurrection from the dead. Are you following me? Well, is it possible to receive the spiritual birth today. And die tomorrow. Yes, it is. Because the same church that Paul was writing to, by the time he came into chapter, uh, chapter uh, four, 5 and verse 14, he said to the same people, he says, awake, the wherefore, he said, awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. You see, people accepted the Lord, they started to live, but then they backslid while they're sitting in church. So when we came into this fellowship, there were things that we changed in our lives, and slowly we got intoxicated again with the wine of our fornication, and we started to practice contrary to God again. That is why, parents, your responsibility is to pray for your children desperately, and don't pray God save them and then you damn them when you have the first opportunity. Their blood will God require at your hand. 
The principles of God's word, and we don't have time today to show that the word of God should come on in into our homes and direct our homes. The principles of God should govern our lives and parents have a responsibility not because you have eaten sour grapes should your kids' teeth be set on edge. You are responsible to raise your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord to the best of your ability. Otherwise, you will sit down one day and cry for their backslidden condition because you failed your children. Amen. Amen. And uh, Paul writes here, he says, Awake thou to sleepest and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. You can get back a second resurrection. That is why Peter told Jesus, told Peter, he says, You've been following me for a few years, but when you are converted, I'm following you, Lord, I'm converted. No, you're not. Conversion is a continuous process. We sang a song out there in religion. The things I used to do, I do them no more. Well, we can change the words a little and say the things I used to do and did them no more, I'm doing them again. It means you're killing yourself spiritually and you can do that until you run short of grace in your life. Grace has an end. And so back here in Ephesians, the second chapter, Paul writes again. He says, don't walk as the Gentiles walk according to the course of this world, among whom, verse four, 3, among whom also we had our conversation, our way of life in times past, in the lust of the flesh. Children of God today, it is so easy to be distracted. There's so many avenues that the devil has created. It's good to see Sister Althea here in Jade. Your mom works for Amazon. The company that captures many saints that can't control their spending habit. Because all you got to do is push a button and Amazon is sending you stuff. They love you so much. Before you know it, you're a prime member. You get it the next day. And MasterCard will send you the bill the next month end. And then you, you see, it's so easy because if you're not paying the bills, but just spending the money, you have not, you are not going to develop a sense of responsibility. And you will not, if you're not responsible in this world, in the world to come, you will not resurrect and be in the first resurrection. How we live today is important. And that is why when Paul told Ephesians, uh, you that were dead, in, uh, wake, uh, wake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, the very next verse, I think he said, walk circumspectly. You and I, children of God, ought to walk circumspectly. How we live is most important. Not how we talk, not how we sing, not how we jump, not how much we holler. How we live yes, sir. is important. The Bible and the purpose of preaching and the purpose of the church is to cause us to change our lives and live right. 
I was telling Annie this morning, I said, I got to set some time aside. And we have to pray that God gives us that extra thing that we need. Uh, to give us that anointing that will deliver people from demonic bondage. Because there are people that are sitting in this congregation today that don't even know you're under demonic bondage. I want to tell you Christ can deliver you. The power of God can liberate you. The power of God can liberate you from every ungodly habit, every ungodly matter that's in your life, everything that's depressing you and every addiction, God can deliver you. But it comes with us coming to the altar and starting that point, coming to that point where the Lord can start a spiritual resurrection. Over in, uh, I don't want to stay too long in one scripture, but over in Romans, the very, uh, let's, let's see, which one is next? Uh, Colossians, the second chapter of Colossians. In Colossians chapter 3, uh, chapter 2 and verse 13, it's Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13, and there's so many beautiful scriptures. Every one of these chapters are beautiful. Uh, Paul writes here to the Colossians. He says, uh, verse 7, he says, chapter 2, verse 7, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Here's what we do. Ask myself, am I rooted? Am I built up in him and established in the faith? That's why the ministry was given. That I might develop a stability in my life, rooted and grounded in Christ, that fashions do not change me. Well, i got to make sure that we're finishing early today so we can run home and look at Super Bowl. Hmm? What's your desire, church or Super Bowl? See, I never was involved in sports. God saved me from that since I was uh, 12 years old. What the world does is not important to me. And the reason why God calls some men is because he prepares them long in advance. I did not know that the Lord delivered me from some of these things when I was young growing up. Today I know. If you're a preacher listening to this message today and you're still caught up with fashions and sports and everything like that. My friend, you need to be saved. You don't understand the slightest concept as to what the world is and what's going on out here and who, is, who the God of this world is. You don't understand. You need to be saved. I'm going to be nice again. Now here in verse, in chapter 2 he said, verse 8 he said, Beware lest any man spoil you. See there are people out here that will spoil you through philosophy. And vain deceit, carnal things become a main event in your life. You see, that is why for a preacher to help a congregation, God must first save the preacher. That is what Paul told Timothy. He says, be, uh, he says, um, he says be careful about yourself. Take heed unto thyself. And on to the doctrine. For in so doing you will save both yourself first of all. Then them that will hear you. 
If my spirit is corrupt, my congregation will never rise above what my spirit is. And yet at the same time, you'll be surprised to know the race is not for the swift. People that start out brisk and bold and seem like they're good Christians and you sitting down condemning yourself. Let me tell you something. The race is for those that come up in the finish line. Amen. Listen to me carefully. Don't beat yourself down. Give yourself a fighting chance because God saves us from sin. No matter how difficult you think you are, guess what? God will save you. And so uh, uh, Paul writes on here in verse 13. He says, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcised of your circumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against you. He says, Paul is saying there is a quickening that happens. A spiritual resurrection that happens before the literal resurrection you can be qualified for. Beautiful lesson. Make sure you take all these scriptures down. In Romans the 6th chapter, Paul went on here. And time is moving against me. Um, <clears throat> in Romans the 6th chapter, there's a beautiful area here of the word of God. Romans is so beautiful. The whole chapter is good. Paul says, what shall we say then? Uh, because the Lord is good, we continue in sin. He says, shall we continue in sin? Because grace may abound. He says, God forbid. I like that. He says, how shall we that are dead to sin? You see, I was dead in sin. And when I accepted Jesus, I became dead to sin. And son? I was dead in sin, caught in a snare, under the influence of the Gentile mentality, where the God of this world was the one controlling my life. But when Jesus came on in, there's a new life that started up. And I'm become dead on a daily basis to sin. Or you can still backslide and sin again. And that is why we need a final resurrection and uh, a first resurrection. When you get the second resurrection, when you get your this mortal puts on immortality, you can never sin again after that. That is why bear up, hang in there, stick it out to the end, stand and listen to the word of God, incorporate it in your life. Time is running out. And God forbid. He says, know you not that so many of us are baptized into Jesus, were baptized into his death. And this here, this baptism here is not water baptism. Uh, they, to be baptized into his death is a spiritual birth. He says, therefore we are buried with him by baptism in death, that like as Christ is raised up from the dead physically, we can be, by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in the newness of life. Because Christ conquered death and he is given all authority, he can let his spirit touch our lives and bring life into our lives. Um, over in, in Philippians, Paul is making a statement. I know time is running out on me here. But in Philippians, the third chapter, 
See, we're talking about two resurrections. We're talking about a spiritual resurrection, and then it is followed by a, a literal resurrection. We're talking about a spiritual birth, a conception, a new life that starts, but then we're talking about a birth that Jesus told Nicodemus. When you experience the, the new birth, when you're born again, like Jesus said uh, to, to Nicodemus, you can never sin again. That is the birth that we're talking about. Uh, we were talking about on, on Wednesday night. When you're born again in a resurrection, you can never sin again. But this birth that we're talking about that Paul writes about in Romans 6, and I can't get back into that. But that's a, that's a beautiful scripture. Let me see here. I've got a few minutes left. Back in Romans 6. He says, we walk in newness of life. Uh, verse 9, chapter 6. Back in chapter 6 of Romans, verse 4. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, by the glory of the Father, we should walk in the newness of life. Verse 9. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead, died no more. Death had no more dominion over him. See, the second resurrection, when Jesus resurrected from the dead, like Romans chapter 1 tells us, he was declared to be the Son of God in the fullness of sonship. No more to die. He can't die again. He can't come again and be a human being. When you put on immortality, that's permanent. And that is why it is important that we go through the process Paul is writing here in Rome in Philippians the third chapter and he's making some statements here and Paul is a wonderful example uh, set before us here Paul says uh, yea doubtless verse 8 he says yea doubtless uh, verse 7 and things that were gained to me in this world Paul says things that were gained to me in this world those I counted loss uh, for Christ yea doubtless I count all things but loss. For what reason, Paul? For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I suffer the loss. See, to give up things in this world is not easy. There are things in the world, Marge, that I don't really want to give up. Not bad things. I can't give up Cadbury. That's a hard thing to give up. You know... <clears throat> That's not a sinful thing. I'm talking about sinful things. Uh, you like a certain kind of show. You like a certain kind of fashion. You like to primp and polish up. Create an impression to the world that you are what you're not really. What you see here is what I am. <coughs> what you see here is what I am. And I told Brother Raleigh one time, I said, Brother Raleigh, keep my hair on my head. God has blessed me with hair. Keep it. Don't shave it. I don't want to be Kojak. I don't want to be a, some pharaoh. And I thank God that I've got hair on my head. Maybe I'll be like Jason after a while and lose the thing. Well, if that happens, it happens. 
And I can't blame some of you trying to be pretty and look nice. It's, it's not a carnal thing. It's a little bit, a little bit carnal. But it's not too bad. It's not too sinful. Just a little bit. You know, build, builds in a little bit hypocrisy. What you see is what you get. And I want you to see me looking healthy. And so <clears throat> I'm working right now on a lot of things to make me look healthy. I suck it in when I can, but it falls out again. See, I used to have lots of muscles, but it fell. But my concern is that I stay healthy enough to live a long life so I can preach the gospel to the people that are here. It is necessary that I remain healthy to preach the gospel. Yes, sir. It is necessary that I remain healthy not to go skiing. But to preach the gospel. My main purpose in life is to preach the gospel. So my health and the principles of health must be followed in order for me to stay alive. So I can preach the gospel unto you. God's people. Amen. And so Paul writes here. He says and being found. Oh let me back up here verse 8. Yea doubtless I count all things but loss. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I suffered the loss of all things. And do count them but dung. That I might win him. And being found in him not having mine own righteousness. My own you know my own righteousness. Uh, some of us we have our, a little man made righteousness. One of the things I can give up is a white shirt. On church day. It makes me holy. No no no. It's because I belong to a fellowship that practice this and it's a bad practice? No, it's a good practice. Brushing your teeth every day is a good practice. I told Chandri this week, I said I've developed uh, into brushing my teeth three times minimum per day. That's right. And is that a bad thing or a good thing? That's a good thing. Deodorant is not meant to fill the gap of a shower. No. no. Remember one year somebody asked me, Sister June Goodwin asked me, she says, how come you get a full head of hair? What do you use uh, to keep your hair? Well, at that time I was like 25, 26 years old. I told Sister June, I might have been a little older than that, maybe 35. I said, well, when I was a boy, we were poor and we used coconut oil. And as I grow older and I can afford something better than coconut oil, I use Vaseline. She said, you did? And I left it at that. And then the next day she's calling Chandri, how do I wash the Vaseline off my head? It's necessary for me to recognize this body as the temple of God and treat it with respect. Not preach to you and then treat this with disrespect. Preach the gospel to you and try my best to live, to live what I preach to you. Amen. There is more to preaching than just talk, talk, talk. I must live right. And Paul says, he says, and being found in him not having my own righteousness, 
my own self-righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. This is this new life I'm living. He says that I might know him, experience him. Everybody read that together with me. That I might know him and the power of his resurrection. That is a spiritual resurrection. That I might know him and the power of this resurrection. As I'm getting to know him and I'm resurrected spiritually. My sins are falling off. My habits are getting, I'm getting rid of. I'm experiencing a new life coming in. Uh, the newness of life. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word of God. So I'm getting this new life that I might know him and the power of the resurrection. And, uh, and the fellowship of his suffering. When I'm resurrected spiritually. I would understand how he suffered. And when I'm going through my crosses. And carrying my crosses and trials. I will be willing to suffer with him. Because he suffered. I can suffer. And unless I suffer with him. I can reign with him. He says and the fellowship of his suffering. Being made confirmable unto his death. He died and resurrected so I can have this new life working in me. First kind of resurrection is a spiritual resurrection Paul is talking about. And then he went on. He says, if by any means, by having the spiritual resurrection, I can find God working in my life through trials and testings and all kinds of situations that I can experience the literal resurrection from the dead. He says any means. If by any means. I might attain. Unto the resurrection. Of the dead. Literal dead. He says I want to be in that first resurrection. This mortal shall put on immortality. But it can't happen. If this mortal is not submissive to God. And a spiritual life starts up in my life. May God help us. Listen, saints, we're not here just to listen to the word of God. I hope today when you walk out of here, you try to live the word of God. Walk. And that is what David meant when he says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Because when you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, you might have had a quickening in your life, but you'll die again. And you can't afford for the old man, the old nature to come back alive. He would only come back alive depends on how we sow. What we sow, we will reap. You can sow to the flesh and reap corruption. Or you can sow to the spirit and reap life everlasting. If by any means I might attain unto the literal resurrection of the dead. That's what Brother John meant. And there's so much scripture in Romans, the 8th chapter, and someday we'll do with that. He says the whole creation is groaning, travailing, plant life, animal life. The world right now is aching and groaning. Tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, famines, all kinds of things are happening around the world. Catastrophes of all sort. Waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God with immortality. 
For we groan also under the curse, even though we have this new life working in us. But we're waiting for that time when this mortal shall put on immortality, when Christ will come back and resurrect the dead. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to be with the Lord in the air. And the earth shall be relieved of the curse that's on it for so many years. This earth is going to come to an end. And that is why I love that song that they call Christmas Carol that is not a Christmas Carol. Joy to the world! The Lord is come. Let earth receive our King. Not no baby in a manger. Don't worry with the religious people out there. Joy to the world! The Lord is come. Let earth receive a baby in a manger. No, receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. There won't be a disease hitting this world anymore. There won't be a famine hitting this world anymore. Because the sons of God will be manifested. And the curse will be lifted off this earth. And you wouldn't have a disease bothering your body anymore. But God will bring peace and contentment in this land. All men shall know him. From the least to the greatest. Let's pray. Father we thank you again for another day in your house. Thank you for the service today, Father. We pray that your word will reach on into our hearts and change our understanding. Please, O oh God, help us not to be hearers of the word only, but to be doers of the word. Let your word be planted in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' wonderful name we ask it. And for his sake, amen and amen.